When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. This is the Coach Katrina Merriweather Podcast, sponsored by Simmons Bank, the official sponsor of Memphis Tigers Women's Athletics, with your host, the voice of Memphis women's basketball, Tyler Springs. Jackson inbounding. Young in front of her. Jackson pump takes one way, sends to Jamira, shoots the backcourt. One second, no second, the shot clock and the game clock will expire. Memphis has pulled the upset over Houston on the road in comeback fashion tonight. 45-44. Madison Griggs will join us in the post game in a moment. This is Memphis Tigers women's basketball from Learfield. Welcome in, Tiger fans. I'm Tyler Springs, and this is the Katrina Merriweather Podcast, where we talk all things Memphis women's basketball, and we are as chatty as we've ever been. Memphis enters Saturday 15-9 overall, 7-4 in American Athletic Conference play, and currently riding a three-game win streak. They've won six of their last seven to rise as high as third in the conference standings, and the last two have been near miracles. Last Saturday, Memphis shot 19% against UCF and went over 14 from the three-point line, but they hung on to win in overtime 50-48. to Entering that game, Division I teams were 0-13 this season when attempting at least 14 threes without a make, and the Tigers somehow made it 1-13. 
We talked to Katrina Merriweather after that game, and you'll hear part of that interview in a few moments. We also talked to Coach Trina after Wednesday night's victory in Houston, in which the Tigers shot just 28% from the field and overcame 19 turnovers to nip the Cougars at the wire 45-44. Additionally, you'll get some perspective from senior guard Madison Griggs, whose program record 248th triple gave the Tigers the lead with 22 seconds to play at Houston. Memphis is still on the road on Saturday, taking on Tulsa at 1 p.m. Central. Every win counts for the Tigers' postseason resume, and they are one win away from matching last season's total with 16. And there are four games still to go in the regular season. A word about the interviews upcoming. There will be violins in the background for the last two. It's not a serenade. It's actually because the Tigers Hotel in Tulsa was hosting the Oklahoma State Fiddlers Convention during the interview. That's right, Memphis. The band is playing for you. So here they come, the coach and the shooter, Katrina Merriweather and Madison Griggs on the Katrina Merriweather podcast. We're sitting down with the head coach of the Memphis Tigers women's basketball program, Katrina Merriweather. Her team coming off of a tight overtime win over UCF on Saturday. Coach, that was as tough a win to come by as I think any we've seen this season it was a very physical game throughout. Uh, I thought you were upset at times. I thought Satya Messer was upset at times with the way things were going, and usually that means that it's it's going both ways. But what was your overall impression of that game and the way your team fought through it? I think it's tough because we had two games in two weeks, and so our rhythm was off. And then you have Central Florida uh, where Tennille did a great job scouting, obviously, not just because she had been in the program, but because of how thorough she's always been in her scouts. Um, and then Satia is completely defensive-minded. Um, so she was trying to find every way she could to throw us off, and, and they were successful in doing that, uh, which is why our shooting percentage was the way it was. So I, I think it was a, a perfect storm. Um, for us to have not played and our rhythm to be off and you're talking ice storm, not practicing for two days, and those things just matter. So, yeah, we're rested, but we're also <laughs> not practicing. Um, so what we're hoping now is moving forward that that'll, you know, we'll get back into our rhythm a little bit better. Given how rare Imani Jefferson's bounce is, has it surprised you that it's taken this long for her to get to the point where she actually has a double-double because she rebounds so well for a guard her size? I think so, but what Imani does is whatever the team needs. You know, so we know that Jamaira is going to take the majority of our shots. You know, and Maddie is going to be a close second. And so Imani has a tendency to, to worry about defending when she doesn't have to worry about scoring. And what you saw her do was, in light of those two struggling offensively, is show us that she can do both. You know, so she's always going to just give us and give her team whatever it is that, that we need. The play around the basket in that game, I think, was particularly physical. I think there's just a gargantuan number of offensive rebounds um, and just kind of a failure to, on both sides to get a lot of those putbacks that you normally expect. Mm-hmm. They they leaned on offensive boards a lot. You guys did, too, normally. Anything there that unsettled you that you felt like could be done better other than, look, there's just a lot of contact? Yeah, and I think that what our frustrations were is that it was a vis- very physical game. And you're never going to be happy with all the calls. You're going to feel like you got hit, and then you're going to see that you got away with one, and then vice versa. And, and I think there was just a lot of that. And what you don't want is for officials to call every single call. Otherwise, you're just shooting free throws you know, all day. But when you're struggling to make a shot, I think it just intensifies. Um, so I'm not real caught up in that. I think Destiny Thomas is, is doing a really good job, um, and she just struggled. 
you know, finishing. Um, but I said it at one point earlier in the season, everyone she goes against is two, three, four, five years older than her. You know, so sometimes their game experience kicks in on her a little bit. Um, but I'm not worried about about her at all, not worried about Hannah. Um, Hannah's just going through people now respect her. You know, they forced her to prove herself, you know, when she first started playing well, and now she's on the scouting report, and now people are going to try. They're going to guard her. They're going to box her out, and it's going to make the game a little tougher for her. So Hannah and Destiny are going to be fine. You know, they'll just continue to, to work and practice like they always do, and, and we feel confident that that will translate to the games. When you look at the Defensive Player of the Year conversation, Danae McNeil's in it because she's stolen the ball so much for East Carolina. Tanyana Hill, I think, with the combination of blocks and steals that she's got in her resume, I certainly think is up there. When you're evaluating Defensive Player of the Year, is she in your grouping, and why, and to what degree? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think it, it normally goes to post players for rebounds um, and or block shots, uh, and very little notoriety goes to those that are playing, you know, on the on the perimeter. And, and so I just have to say, Imani Jefferson, in my opinion, is one of the best on ball defenders in the country, and that's proven by her ability to keep people in front of her to get between them in the basket and draw charges on the ball. Uh, we've done some light research, and right now there's 13 that we know that she has taken already. Um, and we just think it's really impressive. And on top of what she does for us offensively and, and running the point, um, she sits down and defends the best player on the team. So all due respect to those players as well. But, uh, I mean, I'd be remiss if I, I told you I didn't think that we have the best defender in the league too. Coach, good luck. Thanks for the time. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. We're sitting down with the head coach of the Memphis Tigers women's basketball team, Katrina Merriweather, her side having picked up two gigantic wins in their last two games, each by one score, overtime win over UCF, 50-48, to and a one-point win on the road at Houston, 45-44, to both in comeback fashion from double-digit deficits. Coach, congratulations on your team's recent play. I wouldn't have believed going into Wednesday that you could win a game where you shot under 30% from the floor if I hadn't seen Saturday's game where you shot under 20% from the floor and you won. But the Houston game, it felt like everything changed at halftime. You turned the ball over less, you rebounded like crazy, and in the fourth quarter, you suddenly shot like one of the top teams in the country. What did you say first off, I think most importantly, to settle them at the half? Because it seemed like the turnover problems that were plaguing Memphis in the first half I wouldn't say went away, but certainly lessened considerably after the break. I think it takes a little bit of time to get comfortable with presses. And we hate that, right? We want to go into the games being prepared. But the reality is you're trying to duplicate something that people work on week after week after week in a matter of about 48 hours. Um, So, of course, we want to handle it better from the beginning. Um, But I think at halftime, once we explain to them that – we had an opportunity to win the game. Even though it didn't feel like it, we knew that we had a chance to, to score if we would just take care of the ball. Credit to all of our coaches because halftime is really important to us. Um, we spend time talking, but then my coaches break off and get with their position groups, and they say a couple words, refocus them, and it's just a, a joint effort. And it's always kudos to the kids because they choose to respond and, and embrace the message. You lose Imani Jefferson in that game early because of foul trouble. And I think Destiny Jackson and Tanya Welch played something like combined 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. They went over from the field. And still, I think they were 
a positive in terms of the plus minus. What can you say about, about the defensive effort they gave, especially, I think, DJ holding down Layla Blair, but both of them just stepping in in place of Amani, who's a tremendous defender and having to play long minutes? I think both teams are really uncomfortable because Blair was in foul trouble and, and us with Imani in foul trouble. Um, and DJ has always been a really great defender. And so that was awesome for her to be able to step up in that role. But Tanyelle, who we have been really hard on, me in particular, about her guarding the ball, about the amount of points that she gives up when she gets in the game, really sat down and defended. And I think that that made all the difference. Um, Hannah being in the game and rebounding the way that she does, you know, obviously Destiny takes up all that room down there in the paint, and she got some some key putbacks for us. It was just a, a matter of, of who was going to be tougher and grittier, and, and who knows if that game had gone on for another minute or two, it could have gone the other way, because I do think that we both were doing everything we could to win, but we were both very much off balance offensively. You go into those final 30 seconds with an opportunity to draw something up. Was it drawn up for a Madison Griggs three-pointer? And how do you feel about the look that you got? Obviously, it went in, and you give Maddie the credit for taking that risk. But what, what did you talk about in that timeout? Uh, so it was a misdirection that we have run before in a game and that we practice. And so the first look is Jamira. Um, but I said, if, if Jamira's not open, don't turn it over. You got to give it to Maddie. Hannah comes set a ball screen. The play that occurred during that is 100% Maddie. You know, whether she had gone to the basket or or shot a three or or whatever the case may have been. And, I mean, big players make big-time plays because that's – you can't draw that up if you don't have the player that can execute it. And and Maddie did a great job sealing that win for us. You guys have now won three in a row and six of your last seven. You still have a lot of opportunities in front of you, obviously, starting with Tulsa. You look at the Golden Hurricane – They resemble a team that you started the year with, a really good Columbia team that shoots tremendously from the outside. The Golden Hurricane's a little bit banged up right now, but when you scout them, what do you see? Yeah, I don't see a banged-up team. Um, I see four really good players in that starting five and the fifth one that they can rotate in, and it can be anyone who's also a good player. Um, They are fearless. They play hard. They play fast. They love being in transition. Uh, They're going to shoot 33s whether you are standing there or not. Uh, Because they shoot threes that way in practice, they know where those rebounds are going. So, you know, we may be a great rebounding team, but we rebound in the paint. Um, because we don't shoot a lot of threes in practice and a lot of people don't play that way. Um, This is a a very uncomfortable game for us, and we know that, and we go into it talking about it um, and how we're going to have to make some some key adjustments to make sure that they don't get loose in transition and make threes and get in the paint because they're capable of doing all three. Do you think Tamara Poindexter right now is playing like a first-team all-conference player? I think so. I mean, she's really easy to underestimate because she she plays the game in a way when you watch her, you, you don't really think that she's that good. And then you pay attention to the stats. What do you mean by that? So you look at she's not overly strong. You know, she's kind of wiry. You know, she doesn't do anything powerful, but is so skilled and so finesse. And she can catch it behind the three-point line. She can put it on the floor. They can give it to her in the post. She's so versatile. You know, and I think that sometimes you get that when someone's a jack-of-all-trades. And so you're like, oh, well, we can take this away. But the minute you take one thing away, there's two more things that she can do well. So, you know, she's she's hard to to put a finger on. I don't know that there's a lot of players like her in our league, let alone in this country. I think she's really, really talented, and we just have to make sure our kids are are respecting what she brings to the table. Is it any harder having 
success building game to game, keeping the kids focused on the very next one? Uh, I don't think so. We're very much an in-the-moment, game-by-game type of program. Uh, We don't really talk about what's ahead very much. Uh, We know the most important game is the one that we're about to play. Coach, thanks as always for the time. Best of luck. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. We're sitting down with Memphis Tigers guard Madison Griggs. The Tigers coming off one of their biggest wins of the season, 45-44 on the road at Houston on Wednesday night. Madison, you made the game's final shot for Memphis. It was a three-pointer from the top of the key with about 22 seconds to go. First off, you guys are down at that moment that you take the shot by two. What was the call coming out of the timeout? Was it for you to take a shot at the top of the three-point line, or did you see something where you felt like this is just the best opportunity I'm going to get? Yeah, um, the initial play was to try to get the ball to Jamar in the corner, but if that wasn't open, then I will pop out. And uh, I just was a ball player and just made a move that I was most comfortable with, and I feel like I'm most comfortable with the uh, off-the-dribble three-pointer. <laughs> so, you know that's what I just naturally did and uh, it just worked out for me and in my practice when I do uh, off the dribble three-pointers you know uh, I practice that almost every other day so it was just natural for me to just shoot that shot uh, and it just went in. I'll ask you about your practice in a little bit because I think that's really important but I'm curious that game turned I think in a big way in the second half because as you said post game when we talked you guys settled down. You didn't turn the ball over quite as much. You pressed in the second half, and that helped. Why is it tough to see that kind of pressure out of the gate and then have two quarters under your belt and kind of feel like, okay, now we can pick this apart a little bit better? Yeah, it's tough. You know, even though we practice it, it's never like the game, obviously. But, uh, you know, we just realized what was going on, and we had to gather ourselves, and it took us a minute. And hope- And luckily, Houston wasn't scoring great, so they couldn't really run off on us. And we had a great opportunity to stay in the game and come back in the second half. But uh, at halftime, we just had to gather ourselves and come back ready mentally and start a new half, you know, and just play at a different pace, slower pace, and uh, not let them speed us up. But I think we figured it out at halftime and came out confident and, you know, ready to come back and win that game. One of the things that Coach has challenged you with since she's been here is to be stronger on the defensive end and just more involved and I think that showed a lot you Destiny Jackson Tanya Welch you guys all had to pick up a lot of slack because Imani was on the bench in foul trouble for a lot of that game what's it been like accepting the challenge of trying to become a better defender and especially in that game against a backcourt that is so thick with veterans trying to defend them and, and trying to hold them down the way you guys did uh, I realized in college that it's very, very important to you have to play defense, and it's very essential. No matter how much you can score the ball, uh, you still can't let the team, other team, outscore you because it's you know results in the L. But uh, it's very important to be able to shoot the ball and score and play defense. You know, so uh, I've been locking in for the past three years on just you know getting better at my defense, and uh, also still be able to score the way I do. So. Yes, it's very essential to the game to me now. You know, at first it wasn't that important, obviously. But, uh, you know, the past couple years it's been uh, growing, getting a part of my game, and, you know, I'm just trying to get better every single day at it. The last time you played on that floor in Houston, you guys basically got run out of the gym. It was your sophomore year. You're going through a rough season. Can you describe what it's like bouncing back from what 
must have felt like near the bottom or at the bottom at that moment to come back to that floor this year and to win a game like that? Yeah, it feels great, man. You know, especially knowing what we've been through, you know, it just makes it feel even better. You know, um, we did have a tough season that year. And, you know, we just stayed humble. We stayed down and we kept working. And we eventually got ourselves out of it. You know, that's that's all that matters, that we don't quit. We don't give up. And that's what we showed in that game, coming back down from 14, 12 points. You know, uh, we showed fight. We didn't quit, especially after that first half. We could have quit and laid down, but we didn't. And, you know, that just takes practice, especially over the past couple of years and what we've been through. That just takes practice on not quitting and coming back and not standing down. And, you know, it, it's not easy, but it takes practice and I feel like it's something that we all just need to go through, especially athletes, you know. That's something that we uh, that we develop in our career, you know, not to give up through adversity. So I think that's what we did versus Houston. You got the all-time career three-point record for the Memphis women's program, your second all-time, men or women. People knew you were a shooter when you came in and you started scoring as a freshman. Can you talk about what are the most important things you've done in the last three years to still be a threat and not kind of stay the Maddie that you were as a freshman that people learned how to defend mm-hmm. and grow and still maintain your ability to be dangerous? Yeah. Uh, it just takes repetition, practice every single day, you know, and adjusting to the game. You know, after my freshman year, uh, my sophomore season, people obviously knew that I could shoot the ball and they wouldn't even barely let me touch it, you know. So uh, that did take me a while to adjust to, but – that, that made me add different elements to my game, like a strong pull-up jumper, you know. Uh, my handles got a little better, you know. So um, all that has made me elevate my game. I don't want to stay where, I'm, where I am if, um, you know, people won't even let me catch the ball, you know. So I can't let my opponent win, obviously. So I have to keep getting better every single year and allow myself to keep growing and elevate my game so I can um, – beat my defender no matter what they're throwing at me so that's just what I've learned and that's how I've elevated my game over the past three four years you talk about being able to settle and and stay humble and try to work hard I imagine it's not necessarily directly tied to basketball but part of who you are uh is you're a curious person you're a sociology graduate now congratulations I pulled you away from a book you were reading tell me what you were reading I was reading the alchemist it's about a, a young man that's traveling. He's left his whole hometown, you know, to find out what his purpose, his life treasure is, you know. And he just is on a journey. He meets different people that gets him closer and closer to his uh, to his treasure. And he falls in love, and he comes, he goes through adversity, but he doesn't quit. He doesn't just, you know, lay down and uh, give up on his life's treasure. He just keeps going no matter what's happening no matter if he has to leave the love of his life, you know. So it just, it just um, talks about how to follow your heart and how to do what makes you happy. And uh, it just gives me a lot of motivation, you know, to keep going. And no matter what happens, no matter what's going on, you know, just got to keep going, keep fighting, and keep doing what I love to do. And it will lead me to my life's treasure. At what point did you realize that, reading was something that was important to you just to sort of stay balanced or or to sort of feel you know feel a moment of just freeness um mentally um maybe around 
two, three years ago, my sophomore year, end of my sophomore year probably, is when I really started getting into reading a lot. Um, the, the knowledge of it, man, like uh, at first I started off with nonfiction books. This is The Alchemist is actually my first fiction book. So uh, it just gives me a story. I relate to it a lot because uh, it's kind of like how I'm living my life, you know. Uh, but, yeah, it just gives me a lot of knowledge and things that I never knew. And it just leads me to a lot of different things, you know. Uh, yeah, knowledge is power, man. That's really all I got to say about the books. There is knowledge is power. And it just shows in my life, you know, uh, not just knowing facts, but putting that into my life, you know, everyday, everyday things that I do. I take it from those books, you know, and it just helps me grow and expand every single day, you know. So, Do you have a favorite book at this point or one that you really like that you've you've read um i do like the alchemist but i love the power of now it just tells tells you about how being present everything that you need to know and have is in that present moment there's no need to be in the future or the past because it doesn't exist until you actually get there which is the present moment so it just tells you uh, it just helps me stay calm and stress-free, worry-free. You know, I don't really stress about too much. You know, I'm really calm. And um, so it just helps me know that everything that I'm doing right now is for my higher purpose, for my journey. And it just helps me stay present, man, you know. Blessings, many, many blessings in the present. What's still left for you and for this team? Championship. <laughs> That's it, you know into the tournament but main thing is the championship and getting as far as we can you know and you know growing better as a team growing better as people and um yeah living moving you know keeping going maddie thanks always for the time it's a lot of fun to get to watch you do what you do and uh it's a ton of fun when you guys are in the zone like you've been last couple of games it's uh it's just really cool to be able to watch you guys transition from yeah, where you were two years ago and, and to get to this point, and I know you guys don't take it for granted. Yeah, definitely not. Thank you for having me, Tyler. That was today's Coach Katrina Merriweather podcast, sponsored by Simmons Bank, the official sponsor of Memphis Tigers Women's Athletics.